Titus 3, verse 1. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officials that they should be obedient, always ready to do what is good, that they may not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you just touch our hearts. Lord, thank you for those serving in children's ministry, Lord, in youth ministry, and Lord, those who cannot be with us, but Lord, over the radio and over the internet. Lord, bless our service and our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey and to be ready for every good work. Um, I rarely, if ever, read, now don't take this the wrong way, I rarely, if ever, read the comments on social media. I let other people do that, um, and but I did read one of the comments from last week because I wanted to know what government agency was spying on us. <laughs> but someone made this comment last week, and I thought, well, and nothing against the person who wrote the comment, but I was wondering, did you even hear what I said? How many of you have ever said something, and you looked at someone, and you said, did you even hear what I said? And they made a comment that I want to kind of get us going tonight so that we won't be misinformed. And it, and it was a good question, uh, but I think that they needed to, to hear the rest of it. And they asked uh, this question about how when I was talking in verse 1, and I said that we always need to know the context of who the writer is writing to at the time and all of that. Remember that from last week? And so the question was, well, then, are you saying that the Bible is not timeless? Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't say that. It's like, how did you get to that from what I was trying to say? Think of it this way. In the Old Testament, there are laws for the Jewish nation that do not apply to us. Does that mean the Old Testament is not timeless? No, it simply means there are areas of the Bible that don't apply to us because they were specific for a people and a time. Amen? Okay, so it's always good to understand who the writer is writing to and why, what the purposes were for that, and then try to apply it for us. So nowhere was I saying that verse 1 does not apply to us, but as I laid out in detail, a little bit long detail last week, that... It, it doesn't necessarily apply. And I want to make this other statement before we leave civil disobedience is that the Bible, and I say this in a weird way. Are you ready for this? The Bible doesn't know anything about the United States of America. It's never known a government like this. Has everybody got that? This has never happened before on planet Earth. For Around 6,000 years, all the world knows is dictators and kings. That's what it knows. It doesn't know a republic. If I hear somebody say democratic government, I will lose my mind. It's not a democratic. It is a republic form of government. We elect officials to go to Washington and hopefully we elect them to be smart to take care of those tasks for us. It is a representative style of government. The Bible doesn't know anything about that. It's never seen anything like that. 
So when I make a statement, like you got to know your times and the writer and who he's writing to, Paul doesn't know that a representative type of government is coming down the pike uh, 2,000 years later. Well, does that mean that these sections don't apply to us? Well, they have different applications for us. And they, they fit differently than a king. I'm pretty sure we kind of rebelled against a king. Uh, that would be the king of England. Okay? So things were a little different, and things are different now. But I, as I uh, discussed last week that I believe that governments are there, God places them there, again, uh, to reiterate, for the good, to promote good, and to put down evil. And when a government doesn't do that, then they are not operating as God has designed. Therefore, they kind of lose you and I obeying that, especially when they step over the line of God's word. Good. (laughs) Verse 2. Now, speak evil of no one. Now, that's good because where are they coming out of? Remember, we're coming out of slavery. So many slaves during the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, this is nothing new. And so you've, you've got slaves that are coming out of that. And, and Paul, Paul wants to tell Titus, listen, you've got to tell your people they can't talk bad of anybody because it is going to be a witness and a testimony. You don't need the church... And I want to, well, it's only six minutes into it. There are those, and I just read an article today. I will not get into who it was about. I don't want to even give credence to the ridiculous argument, but it was a believer that went against a certain party, uh, you know, our two parties, and against our president. And I thought, you have no idea what you're talking about. We're going to get into social justice and all that kind of stuff tonight. But we need to be careful not to speak evil of nobody. I would say in the time in which we are living, it's important to stay with to speak evil of nobody, but it's important to give facts. Now, I realize people don't want to know the facts, but it's important. We're going to do something before the election that we have never done before. We are actually going to give both positions up on the screen. We're going to give the abortion record of President Trump, and we're going to give the abortion record of Biden. I want everybody to be informed of that. I want them to be informed of what they're getting. And I want to make this statement so that everybody has an idea, because inside of the church right now, we've got people that can't vote one way or another, so they're just going to stay home. Can I tell you, you are not voting for pastor-in-chief. Did everybody hear that? There is no perfect candidate. There's never going to be a perfect candidate. You're not voting for pastor-in-chief. So let's take our high-mindedness of Christianity and let's not put it aside, but let's not put our nose up at certain people just because, well, they don't fit the exact. Look at King David. He would not get voted in by the church. Right? Oh, I can't vote for that guy. 
Are you kidding me? God said, this is a man after my own heart. No one else in the Bible does God say that to. But he wouldn't get elected. we got to be careful. In the world in which we live in, which is divided, and people yell at people, and mobs of people come up to people eating on the sidewalk and telling them if they don't raise their arm in solidarity to BLM Incorporated, somehow they're racist. We've got a problem. We've got a major problem. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not supposed to speak evil of nobody. But to be, what's the next one? Peaceable. Have you noticed how people yell a lot today? They're so angry. And the vitriol and the, the hatred that comes out. I believe that as we'll see, their hatred literally is clouding their mental state. It is literally a derangement syndrome going on. That's not what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to be peaceable, notice, and gentle and showing all humility to men. For we were, uh, notice this in verse 3. Many of you need to (laughs) underline this. For we ourselves were once what? We were just like them. Please, can you, I don't want you to flashback. Paul says don't flashback, but flashback for a minute when you were stupid. And you thought the same thing. What happens in Christianity drives me crazy. We get saved, get a little Bible study, do whatever, and then we start thinking we're better than the person next to us. We're better than our neighbor. Guys, I don't think that at all. I think I'm saved, but I don't think I'm better than anybody because he tells me to have all humility, but also that we would have a knowledge of who we are and where we came from. We were once foolish. We were once disobedient, and that's to God. Lotus, circle, we were deceived as well. They're deceived. We need to pray for them. We need to pray that some sanity comes in there or somebody comes into their life and speaks the truth of Jesus Christ. They were once deceived, notice with me, also serving various lusts and pleasures. It seems like our world is just focused on what my appetite is all about. Be it sexual or food or knowledge or whatever, that's all my life is about. And I... uh, Never forget Pastor Lloyd Pulley saying, sexuality does not fully define who you are as a human being. You're more than that. And yet, Paul says that they used to be foolish. They used to be disobedient and deceived, serving various lusts and pleasure, living in malice and envy. Malice. Think about the hatred that you see today. They have no idea that they're pulling down civil rights statues. They are clueless. But so are we. And what do we do as the body of Christ? I think this is a golden opportunity right now during COVID, during this time of just insanity to bring the truth to people 
on various levels, and people are looking for the truth. They know their government is lying to them. Our government's been lying to us for hundreds of years. And COVID is nothing new. I'm watching, by the way, encourage you to watch it. On our website, we have Plandemic, right? Number one. Number two, Plandemic 2 just came out. Immediately banned. Um, But we're going to put a link on our website so that you can watch part two. They don't want to have any opposition out there. It is our way or the highway. And sadly, that's not only in government, but that is in so-called education. Note with me. They have malice and envy, hateful, (laughs) and hating one another. If you have not watched uh, the update of God Speak, uh, Calvary Chapel from, I think it was last week. Was it last week, Tom, uh, where they had that uh, official from Nevada City? Uh, there was a, uh, Pastor Rob had a, a guest on, and it was a Nevada City official. As we're watching it, they don't know this either, but as they're interviewing her, she is a secular progressive lesbian. Now, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's something interesting to know while you're interviewing somebody. But it's very interesting. I'm not going to go into it because I want you to watch it. Again, go to Godspeak uh, Calvary Chapel on their YouTube channel. You can, you can watch it or we'll put a, a link on our webpage. But it was fascinating that even in her own group of progressive, even lesbian alternative lifestyle, she's been shunned because she dared to question COVID and dared to question. And this is the bridge that the church is missing by not opening up. They're missing the, there are people that are right there. They want the truth. They're nowhere near Christ, but it's an opportunity that we can come together. We can agree on freedom. Amen? That's a pretty easy thing to agree on, freedom. Well, let me tell you where that freedom came from, where we deride our freedom from. Our Constitution makes it very clear. It comes from God. But again, most people don't know that, and we have this opportunity. So when he says, they used to be foolish and hateful and hating one another, they literally go after anybody that doesn't agree with them, even in their own ideological spectrum. By the way, I see the church doing this too. Writing blogs, going after other people because of doctrinal disputes or whatever. Are you kidding me? I'm sure people will go after Rob and his church for daring to have her on. That is not how we're reaching out to anybody in this world right now. This is a place of sanity and of hope and of truth. And as we'll see tonight... It is Jesus Christ who brought that to this planet. Notice with me in verse 4, we're getting really far tonight. He says, but, and those, those great buts in the Bible, but Jesus, but the Lord, and it's this statement that is always huge that comes after that. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, how did it appear? By his son, Jesus Christ. Notice the 
kindness and the love of God. Notice, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. That doesn't get you saved. That's religion. But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. When he's talking about that washing and the regeneration and the renewing, that is removing the old man, the old woman. That was the pre-self. It was, for we were self, were foolish. That's done now. And so now God has washed us. He has renewed us. By the way, we cannot be renewed in our mind without the Holy Spirit. Think about how much junk is pre-programmed into your brain before you come to Christ. And it literally takes a work of the Holy Spirit, supernatural to get all of that out. And by the way, it takes a while, doesn't it? How many of you were completely clean the day after? No, because I see some of your comments online. Do you see that? Sometimes it's like, okay, well, we're not going to go after that person. We're going to give them a little bit of grace right now. It's going to take a while, but we need to ask the Holy Spirit to do that work. Not us, notice, not by our works, verse 5, but by him. Whom he poured, verse 6, on us, how much? (laughs) Abundantly. He knows you and I need a whole lot of it. And even more so as we grow closer to the coming of Christ. Anybody, maybe it's just me, I think I need more Holy Spirit through COVID than any other time in history. Even through 9-11, why? Well, they didn't shut us down. They didn't go after the church. It's not a worldwide planned thing to attack the church. And I mean attack the church. And I, I don't mean to say it this way, but if you don't see this as an attack on the church, you're very naive. So we need all of that pouring out. We need it abundantly, notice, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That have, having been justified, that means just as we have never sinned, amazing, by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It is His grace Getting something we do not deserve. Now, verse 8, as he's wrapping this up, Paul speaking to Titus, he says, this is a faithful saying. And these things I want to affirm constantly. He says, Titus, these things you need to talk about all the time. What was that? It was from verse 1 down to verse 7. He says, Paul, I, uh, or, uh, Titus, I need you to talk about these things and I need you to affirm them constantly. I need you to let people know that it is the kindness of the love of God towards man. I need you to let them know that. Listen, for our time, people need to know there is hope in Jesus Christ, not in man. Not in the UN, not in the WHO, not in... The CDC, which last month produced a document that was buried in the document said that face masks don't work at all. No one ever heard it. 
never came out of the media. It was buried in the report. The, this is the government that's looking out for us. Got it, guys, got to be informed today. This is a faithful saying. And things that I want to affirm to you constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Titus was to insist again on all these things. He, he needed it to be part of his ministry and a part of in, uh, importing this to the other pastors. Remember, that was part of his role, was to raise up men around him, men that he could count on to be and to think like Paul wanted them to do. Again, his ministry in Crete was important, and he wanted believers to be careful to maintain good works. Now, the interesting thing about that word works is that it means your occupation. So it, it means two things. It means this, that this is a faithful saying and these things I want to affirm to you constantly that those who believe in God should be careful to maintain a good job. Do your job well. Wherever you are, if you're flipping a burger to building a skyscraper and all in between, do it well. Why? Again, it's a testimony. It is something that the Roman world had never seen before. It had never seen people doing a good job. Why? Because they're slaves. And so now Paul has these this new group of people that are still slaves, and he says, listen, do a good job. For these things are good and profitable to men. It's an example, Paul says. But not only is it to maintain a good job or a good testimony, but good works overall is a good thing that we as a believing, we have seen that at Calvary the entire time. There's a small amount of people that get it, and then there's a group of people that just come in week in and week out, and they never get involved. They never do anything along this line of maintaining good works. Notice, but these things are good and profitable to men. I would say two things there. Number one, they are good and profitable for others to see as a testimony. Hey, why are you acting that way? Shouldn't you be stealing pens like I do? (laughs) Shouldn't you be cheating like I do? Shouldn't you be... And you go, no, because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And it blows people's mind. But it's a testimony. By the way, you will be the person they come to when the world is crashing down. Because they're not going to the person that's like them, that's cheating (laughs) and stealing. Why would you go to that person? They're going to a person that they know, whether they agree with you or not, They know that there is something there. And so these things are good and profitable to men. But (laughs) avoid stupid disputes. That's actually what it means. But the writers wanted to soften it a little bit. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, 
strivings about the law. We'll get into that in a minute. We don't usually have that kind of problem in the church, but that is growing again, thanks to the reform movement. For they are unprofitable, and what's it say? It's useless. So let's get into this. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and striving about the law. There are always traps to be avoided in Christian ministry, Paul telling Titus. In Paul's day, there were stupid disputes over clean and unclean foods. Now let's pause. Remember, we're coming out of Judaism into something new. We're coming into Christianity. If you don't believe me that this was an issue, why is Galatians written? Why is Hebrews written? Because this is an issue of the day. And so Paul is dealing with people who are talking about food. Remember when I said to take things into context, knowing the writer, who the writer is writing to, and the time? The dietary laws don't apply to the church, and it's very clear from the New Testament. And yet, during this time, they're having their, their, uh, these endless disputes. Even today, people argue about the Sabbath. Worship on that day or this day. And Paul says, you worship every day. It's not one day. That was set apart for the Jews. Uh, my family, in the morning, we're going through the very exciting book of Deuteronomy. For our, de- <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? <laughs> for our devotion time in the morning. And the theme is the same. This morning's theme God was reiterating to Israel that they are his special people. He says, search history. Has there ever been a God that has done what I have done? And the answer is no. No one has created something out of nothing. And then, he says, and then pulled a special people out from amongst all of the other nations to pour himself in. Guys, Israel was there for a reason. It's still there for a reason. Just God's not dealing with them right now. He will re-deal with them when we're gone. But those laws, Jesus said, I came to fulfill all the law and the prophets. Anybody a simple man like me? I'm a simple man. I'm very simple. I am not complex. When I'm hungry, I just want to eat something, right? I don't want to take a picture of it. (laughs) You you like that one. (laughs) I just want to eat it. I'm a simple man. And so when Jesus says something, I believe what he said. So why are we arguing about food? Dietary laws. In Sabbaths and new moons that Paul says, why are we 2,000 years later still talking about the same stuff that Paul talked about? And yet Paul wrote Galatians. The writer of the Hebrews goes into a long discourse how Jesus is better and that the law in Galatians was a schoolmaster to point us to Jesus. Yet here we are, 2020, Having groups still talk about stuff, endless disputes. Paul also had Sabbath regulations and observances 
holy days. He had arguments over genealogies, be it angelic or human. There was bickering over uh, regulations as far as the law. (laughs) Think about all that Paul went through. I mean, I feel like we kind of got a little easy now. Paul had to deal with all of this. He had to deal deal with this new going from Judaism into Christianity and things that they have known their entire life now, and I don't mean to say it this way, now didn't matter they were fulfilled in Christ. Not that didn't matter, but now they're fulfilled. Well, you mean we can have bacon on our salmon? Yes. You mean we can worship on Sunday? Yes. And you're not going to hell over? Right. There are much more important things to discuss. I think that inside of the church today, we are failing because we are not talking about the relevant things inside of our communities. The church is silent about transgender right now. The church is silent about many things today that are very relevant. The church is silent about history, true history being taught in our own nation. And we're advocating things to government that government has no place to do. And we're focused on whether or not you guys can eat shellfish. Or should we baptize in the name of Jesus only? In the grand scheme of things, I think Jesus is going to stand up and talk to a couple of people and go, you were focused on something for like 30 years. You wrote 10 books, and it had nothing to do with eternity. You wasted all of that time. And yet we can be invested in people's lives, standing up for truth. (laughs) I was going to say justice in the American way, but that's Superman. But you understand, we are missing opportunities left and right And the nation is in the state as it is because of the church has not got out and voted. It grieves my heart over and over every election. I hear it all of the time. You don't get to on November 5th complain after you did not walk in on November 4th. You don't get that right. You don't get to become Monday morning quarterback or, for our purposes, Wednesday morning quarterback. He continues, I think. <laughs> but avo- There I am. Uh, but avoid uh, foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and unuse- uh, um, they are not useful. Today we are talking about social justice. And when I say today, I mean this is what's going on in the church. So fasten your seatbelts. Today we're talking about social justice and supporting foolish organizations that are, that are opposed to biblical truth. This is what we're doing in the church because we're smart. Guys, there is no such thing as social justice in the Bible. Yet we're talking about it like it's something relevant. Here we go. Justice in the Bible says who did it. 
And yet social justice says why. Now, why would that con- be contrary to Scripture? It doesn't matter why, although we know why. We know that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God, that we are all living in fallen nature bodies. And no one forces someone else to sin. They do that on their own accord. Humans are responsible for their own sin and life and cannot blame it on other people. Plenty of people rise out of bad situations and upbringings all of the time. The Bible is not interested in social justice. It doesn't care about the why because it already knows the why. The why is there are sinful human beings on planet Earth. It wants to know who did it. (laughs) That's what's important. So that justice will be measured out. But we're talking about why in our country. We're not talking, and this is inside of the church. It's not who and why are they like that because they are fallen human beings. We're calling it systemic racism or we're calling it this or we're calling it that. And it's not about that. It's about that. Sorry. You're sinful. I'm sinful. They're sinful. It's proven every single night on these rioters that are destroying America. Uh, Are there bad people on planet Earth? Yes. Is there going to be perfect people? Is there going to be a perfect society? Never. And yet, what are we doing in the church? We are putting BLM Incorporated on church websites, and we're talking about it, and it's a Marxist organization that is anti-Bible. Yet, what are we doing? We're talking about it in the church. It's got no business being in the church. The church has no business talking about it. Oh, the church has every right to talk about issues that are going on in the world, but we point people to Jesus and we point people to the fact that they are morally bankrupt because they're sons and daughter of Adam and Eve. But let me tell you the good news. But Jesus. Did we just read that? Jesus died for you. He died for me. And now it's not a matter of why. It it goes back to the original. Who did it? As a parent, when you have multiple kids doing a a crime in the house, I know it's shocking. You with the the one uh, child house, it's a little easier to find out who but it also could be the dad, ladies. But what do you, when you see a situation, do you go, why did you guys do that? Or did you say, who did that? Who did that? Why? Because as a parent, you know biblically what we're looking for. I don't care that you thought that you were Superman and swinging on the, you know, the shower rod trying to get in. Who did that? Not why, and yet, 
We're talking about foolish things inside of the church. We're missing the point. Heaven help us. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition. That is a no-brainer. Paul just says, listen, we ain't got time for that. You admonish him the first time. He does it a second time. You kick him out of the church. Division's got no place in the church. And sinning. Shocking. The Bible talks about people sinning. A lot. Being self-condemned. That person is warped. That they think, are you ready for it? That they're doing a service to the church by dividing the church. Do you know every time I've ever talked about somebody that was divisive and I talked to them, I pointed it out to them as strong as I possibly could, and I said, you are not acting as a follower of Christ. And they want to defend themselves, and I'm like, yeah, but the body doesn't go after the body. That's called cancer. So you can take your cancer out of our church. But they always want to defend that. Paul said, don't do it, knowing that that person is warped and sinning. Well, let's wrap it up. Now, when I send Artemis to you and Tychicus, be diligent to come to me in Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there and send Zenus, the lawyer. You always want a lawyer. Nothing new under the sun, amen. Paul's like, I got to get a lawyer. These people will kill you around here if you don't have one. And he says, also Apollos on their journey with haste, that they may lack nothing. And let our people also learn to maintain good work. He says it again. He says the job again. He says, be a good worker on your job. Notice, meet urgent needs. When you see a need, meet it. That they may not be unfruitful. And all who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. And grace be with you all. Amen. And that simply just means what? That we agree with you, Paul. We agree with that statement. Well, very exciting for next week, Philemon. Poor guy. (laughs) One chapter. That's what we got for next week. Week after, we dive back into the Old Testament. Now, listen, you're all very excited. I know I've been getting the emails. We're going back into Chronicles, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, after Philemon. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your servant Paul and his writing to Titus, Lord. The things that should operate inside of a church, Lord, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the responsibility of men and women for their own sin. Thank you, Lord, for the lessons inside of this book. These three chapters, Lord, so powerful about the blessed hope and responsibilities of older men and women inside of the body of Christ. Lord, thank you for your words of comfort. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that enables us to live this life that, Lord, we are under assault. And Father, that we would stand firm in these days not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not wavering, standing firm, 
Thank you, Lord, for your salvation and for the truth that is in your word and that we can rely upon it. Thank you again, Lord, for those serving tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.